When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome once again to the Lead That Podcast ahead of game week 7 of the 2022-2023 Premier League season. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Coming up we'll discuss our balmy, bizarre, beaten performance by the Bees and preview the upcoming Premier League tie with Nottingham Forest. So it was defeat last time out for Leeds United, succumbing eventually to a 5-2 battering or what I don't know was it a battering we had a good game did we have a good game did we have a bad game we'll talk about it what happened we lost it was rubbish talk about Lorente Larocco he's your mate <laughs> um, well yeah I did say that he should be sold at the end of last season um, but then I think I was defending him last week so <laughs> but I do think yeah Saturday seemed like um that's the sort of performance that is hard to come back from and it's hard to defend him now. You know, he, he has got a lot of flaws. He makes these mistakes. He can't mark it, set pieces. And the bottom line for me is his physicality. It's just not there. It's, you know, it's too easy to, to be dragged around. And yeah, I just I just don't trust him. I think he is a, he's, he's a relegation type defender for me, I think. But ultimately, yesterday, he was only... At- fault for goals that we were already beaten in the game for does that matter that doesn't matter does uh, it i blame him for the tony hatrick goal i think he should have absolutely just wiped him out um when he skipped past melee he could have got the ball as well but you know just go through take everything or nothing or you know, you know take everything or just take the man in that situation um just and wait. He, does that, he does that from time to time as well he? He, ain't, he ain't afraid of a wipe them out kind of tackle but it just wasn't forthcoming we're working backwards here we're working mm. backwards from the fifth and that's a fun way to do it all the other podcasts all have started at the start let's start <laughs> at the end of the game and come end up when we're doing really well at the start that'll feel good let's do that so yeah the fifth their fifth goal was, was Lorente trying to turn on a ball that was just it was never there that was a joke the fourth um, I felt sorry for all of them because Robin Cock needed to go and say to them, yeah, lads, I, it was me that edited that. Because they were protesting for ages afterwards. Like, they're going, but, but he must have been offside. And like, yeah, he would have been if uh, if we hadn't given him the ball. So, uh, but that one, was a, that one was a killer. 
like after we just got back into the game, it was an 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Did that come from not having a uh, coach by the side of the pitch to calm things down? Quite possibly. Um, it was just it was just a mess, really, wasn't it? It's like, I think um, there was a post-match interview with Bamford and Bamford was sort of saying the performance was naive um, and saying that it was a young squad. Um, but, you know, the people that were making the mistakes weren't young. <laughs> um and Are you saying that Patrick Bamford is one of the people who was making the mistakes because he's well, not young? I thought it was naive to make those comments in general because, you know, it's easy to shine a light on the mistakes that cost us goals, but we really should also focus on the efforts that we missed. You know, had they have gone in, um, it could have been a... Well, it would have been a different game. We would have scored more goals. <laughs> um, and Bamford missed uh, a couple of sitters and the one that went out, like quite wide, nearly for a throw-in. Uh, you could be a bit too harsh on that. I watched Odegaard today do something similar against Man United, and you know, look at him. He's a he's a top-class player. So, uh, but but the the opportunity they missed that fell to his right foot that he basically looked like a defensive clearance. That that should have been dead and buried. That one. I mean, should he be starting at centre half instead of Lorente next game? Because that was a hell of a clearance. Quite possibly. I mean, because Lorente does love lashing them in the box as well. So, you know, maybe they could just swap. But if we're truly working backwards through this, the next bright spot was that Luke Ayling looked brilliant when he came on, didn't he? Mm. I think we've definitely missed him, haven't we? Um, it's going to be good to have him back. Hopefully he can stay fit, Cooper can stay fit, and and I think we'll straight away look a, a more solid team like that. And better going forward as well. Like that run that Ailing did, um, you know, it was reminiscent of like that, you know, that Birmingham game where he won it for us. He he did seem to have a, a really good impact. I, I, I love Luke. And I think um, he really shone a light on our fickle fan base as well as soon as he came on and started playing well because loads of people have been writing him off for you know ever since the end of last season and since Christensen came and I was so glad he came on but what was it like 30 seconds clash of heads and he's completely bent his schnoz as well isn't he he looks a right mess <laughs> James don't Come shoot on. don't shoot on our fickle fan base that's our audience <laughs> <laughs> so um how do you get Luke Ayling back in the team yeah probably put him at left back I reckon <laughs> that's what we, we could end up because of my train of thought was why have we got three right backs and one left back in the entire club? It just it's just imbalanced. It's I don't know how the windows ended since we last spoke and 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 it started to have whispers of discontent around the ownership of the club, purely around maybe I think James said this that the way they speak to fans and treat you as if you're stupid because you don't have to be daft to go. We've got one left back at the whole club. How can that be a reasonable strategy? So, well, a that's ridiculous. But could it be an option where he tries to move Luke Ailing in or a Cody drama or even Christensen over to the other side? And that's not to take away from strike. Just we need fullbacks playing fullback positions. Did Christensen come with a reputation to be able to play both sides? I've got a feeling he might have done. But I mean, if not, I can't understand. Yeah, I can't understand the thinking there. It, it is very strange because Cody Drama is getting chances, so they obviously think that he may be good enough. I think Drama has played left back as well. I mean, if he, if he's, yeah, if they simply think they've got enough players that can cover the role, even that's flaky to say the least. But 
it's the only the only guess I can have is that yeah, one of one of them two can play left back. I don't think Ailing's ever played left back. Um, no, but, but if 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 Dallas was fit, he'd be playing there. It's probably why we've not done it, isn't it? They must be thinking at some point this season that's where they're going to be. Well, they're thinking that Junior Firpo is our first choice left back, and at some point he's going to be fit for a run of games and get the form that we expected when we signed him from Barcelona. Just remember that <laughs> for a second. Anyway, so working backwards, and Luke Ayling put in a hell of a ball for your mate. Rocket. Yeah, got rocking it all over the world. Who gave nice us tidy finish? He's box box player now. He's uh, he's not just sitting spraying balls. Last match he added uh, the combative side to his game, and now he is a goal scoring midfielder. What more can the guy do? Uh, well, tell everyone to calm down and not lose a goal within ten seconds of <laughs> of just scoring. <laughs> That's a killer. That is a killer. Yeah. So. Where are we at? Tony Hattrick goal now. Because yeah. we're legit working backwards. That was a joke, wasn't it? So yeah. we've covered it, really. Uh, James, do you want to blame Melier or we're just blaming Lorente? The main thing for me was like, why was Ivan Tony out on the left-hand side? <laughs> you know, normally he'd be sort of pushing really high up. And when he picked the ball on the, the left-hand side, I thought, why are you even there? And then he sort of gl- he glided past everyone and... I think, to be fair, Tony just had one of those days where everything went right for him and that free, well, you'll come on to that, obviously, but all three goals were very well taken. That The third in particular was like brilliant, really, and he's gone up the pecking order with a shout at the England squad as well for the World Cup now. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame Melia for that. Uh, I don't think Melia had the best of games, but equally he made some good saves here and there. So, yeah, just under under pressure. When, it's, when a day's not going for you, it, it's just not going for you, is it? So Ivan Tony, right? Took him out of my fantasy team. That's the well, reason that he scored this hat trick. This is I'm gonna give you a direct quote now from Ivan Tony. Massive win, happy to get a hat trick and big three points. On to the next. Oh, and you guys that took me out of your fantasy team, dot 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 capital letters. How you like me now? Sunglasses <laughs> face, sunglasses face, crying, laughing face, crying, laughing face. <laughs> so Cheers basically Yeah, I did this. <laughs> It's unbelievable. A, that is a double whammy, isn't it? It's like get smashed by Brentford, take him out of your team. Yeah, but it's also an absolute schoolboy error. What are you doing? How can you take him out just before he's playing Leeds? That's the that was the Madness. reason I, I backed us. Fair enough. It just seems very foreign to me. I, I'd always be the opposite way. I, I would like captain <laughs> it, bring him in and captain him, <laughs> triple captain him. You didn't swap him for Bamford, did you, Paul? Did I? Heck, <laughs> I uh, I don't know what I did. I, I left. Jesus and obviously got Haaland as captain since the start, which seems to be paying off. The problem is, though, um, you know, we're doing the fantasy football thing. We'll have a chat about that. We'll check the league tables uh, at the end. If everyone's got Haaland as captain, which why wouldn't you? Then it's what do you get of the rest of the points? That's what you got to do with your fantasy football. So that was 3 2. Yeah. We've done 2 2. We're on to. We didn't do 2 2. Oh, no, we never went. That was 3 1. That was 3 1. So then it was. was no, it's Sinistera's goal now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're never doing it backwards ever again, especially when there's seven goals. It's too hard. Sinistera was rated our best player on the pitch on whoscored.com. I know, I know that that could be an absolute joke, but really, it was a nuisance. And he'll have been probably dock points for his garbage yellow card as well. So he's three starts, three goals. Are we liking what we're seeing? He's very composed. I think even before that goal, I was impressed at how 
calm he was. You know, like I think Rafinha. This is not comparing him to Sinistera. Well, it, it is, is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but Rafinha just loved bolting up the wing. He didn't. He rarely sort of held it up and stayed calm and let the rest of the team come in. It was like his commanding thing was to just bolt up the line. Is my lasting memory of him. But I think Sinistera just sort of slowed things down, let midfield come into it, and tried to dictate the pace of the game from the wing, which I thought was really smart. And then, yeah, that that skill, uh, someone messaged me actually saying it was Gazza-esque, and I, I, I agree with that. And it was a, a brilliant finish. And I think he just, I expect him to just blaze it over the bar, but it's nice to have seen his last three attempts uh, just be nicely guided into a, a corner of the goal. So, yeah, he's, he's a class and he's getting better and better, I think. Are they all outside the box as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what? That's absolute quality because Ivan Tony had scored 50 goals for Brentford before, uh, well, he's now on 52, but his first 50 were all uh, inside the box and then something else happened. But, oh, that's the next thing. He pinged the free kick in the top bins just before that. And this bit, actually, those two goals back-to-back was what really hurt us yesterday, according to Brendan Aronson. Hmm. He, I told me that. he told me that himself, you know. Oh, come on, come on to that in a bit. Um, no, I'm coming on to it now. It's relevant. This is the bit that he, uh, out of the whole thing that he unpicked from yesterday, he said back to back goals that fast killed us. Right. So you need to give context to people. What are you talking about? I was in a restaurant and I looked up and I went, oh, Brendan. But he heard me. So I had to speak to him. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. <laughs> That's quality. Cool, I fanboyed and. Uh, he was the most polite, smart young man. And my wife thought he was a child because he's a very young man looking. So you so you got embarrassed in front of Brendan Aronson in yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. And you talked to him for a bit? A little bit, yeah. And then you talked down to me because you said that he must have thought it was a high-class place, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was sat there feeling all smart because I was there with my taste card. <laughs> yeah, See, my- that's... That's the, ones. that's the difference between a wealthy footballer and the common man, a taste card. <laughs> the cost of living crisis, James. you got to get by how you got to get by. I couldn't afford the taste card. <laughs> it's free with our bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, that free kick was immense. But I, two things. I think it was a harsh foul. And the second thing, he definitely moved it to a more advantageous position. Do you think Melier is really in with his the way he sets things up? But does he make it does he make it easy for them? Or are they just brilliant free free yeah. kick takers? I think in, in this case, I mean, yeah, you, you could ask the question of Melier and, and maybe it would have gone in even if it wasn't so incredible um and, and perfect. But yeah, you to look at that replay from behind where Tony's hit it, you know, he set it outside the far post, like it's literally impossible to save that. Like it's curled back in right into the top corner. So yeah, he has conceded a few free kicks in the past that people have maybe questioned, but um, yeah, not this one. And I want to break from the rhythm of our chat here to go to the start of the game before we get get to the goal, because I thought we genuinely were playing really well preceding their first goal. And I think that really did change the game because it meant that we potentially had to what well, we, we then had to chase it, but I was impressed with the old, like you you said already, James, the the way Sinister was holding up the ball and bringing other people into play. And I think the majority of the first half we would have been really pleased with. And I was impressed with Sinister in the way that he was tracking back as well, and he was he was getting there, he was making the challenges. I think it's really disappointing if if recovery tackles like that are given as a foul 
anywhere on the field. And then when it's not given as a foul, and it takes three minutes to check that it's a clear and obvious error, this has been talked to death. But if it was the other way around, would you have expected a penalty? Would have definitely. If I was on the pitch, I would have definitely called for it. But had it not been given, I probably wouldn't have. I would have just forgotten about it there and then and, and carried on. But it's annoying because VAR just is now just scrutinising anything that happens in inside the box, basically. I'm looking at it under the microscope, whereas that sort of tackle would just be, it'd be play on elsewhere on the pitch, wouldn't it? You know, it's like, you know, exactly the same challenge elsewhere would be played on. You couldn't make a thing out of it. You wouldn't even make a thing out of it. But in the box, it's it's heavily scrutinised. And I don't think it, it should. I don't think, did they even appeal for it? I can't remember them appealing. No, they appealed yeah. for the handball. Yeah, exactly. Um... So it's like no no one at the time thought it was. Even afterwards, they didn't. So I don't even know why it was a thing, to be honest. I think it's been it's probably been done to death now. I think we're at the end of a weekend where it's, it wasn't just our game and it's not the worst VAR, VAR decision. And what I, my personal opinion is that these refs, some people think that the referees in the system are biased and it's an anti-top six thing and that the, it's an anti-League United thing. And I think that the, the most frustrating thing is that they're just inconsistent. And it's inconsistent between games and inconsistent between people and, uh, and moments within games and whether it's the start and the end. And that's the bit that, that fans struggle with because if it was the same each time, no one cares. But it's the fact that it's applied differently by different people under different situations. But it's the end of the weekend. Popey's put out there that and, and BBC reported that that they're getting together and having a bit of a VAR chat, the powers that be, because there's a recognition that in its current way, it's not working. Yeah, I mean, my, like my take on it has, has been that I don't have a problem with VAR not stepping in and giving the penalty. You know, I think anything that the ref says on the pitch, when that goes, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with it. But yeah, you know, for him not, to, it's the inconsistency and that's within the same match. You know, they're, they're, they're both fairly similar. They're both scruffy and they've turned one away, turned one around and, and not the other. And the Man U game today, apparently, I don't know this for a fact, but I saw on Twitter, someone said it was the same. It was going to be the same VAR guy on the Man U game as it was for Leeds yesterday. And he's disallowed that Arsenal goal for what to me looked exactly the same as what he what he didn't step in for in the Leeds game, you know, a, a little shove in the back. So, so that's what really annoys me. I, and I don't like going on about it. And like, we never really speak about refs and decisions, do we? And, and I like that, you know, it's something we've learned from Bielsa maybe. And, but yeah, just when it's inconsistent like that within the same match and the same person, it's it's almost indefensible. And of course, it's going to annoy you. I, I think, uh, Rocco, you've said something there that I've thought about a lot today, and that is... <laughs> Bielsa and not 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 for the reasons of yearning for more Bielsa ball although that would be nice but I am quite happy with what we have and I think we're heading in the right direction but I think without explicitly saying it kind of showed us all something that actually the reason the system of referees is broken is because of all of us like even from a grassroots level where it's endemic that people basically just get in the face of referees, you know, whether it's parents, players, and then you get up to a professional level and it's players, a group of 20-odd players in your face, it's 30, 40, 50,000 people shouting at you. Why would you want to get into that trade? Like, why would you? So you've also, so you've got this um, really difficult scenario of needing the best people in the world who are good at refereeing in the best league in the world 
but no one's really interested in doing it. So you've got this, the pyramid of, you know, participation at the bottom and then the elite at the top. You just don't get that with referees because there's no desire to do it. And I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. And Bielsa, I think, kind of understood that and saw that, that referees did need protecting because the system was kind of letting them down in a way. The other thing I would say as well is that it, it really is ridiculous that the players and managers get so angry at refs making mistakes when it's them that are making their jobs so impossible. They appeal for everything. They go down for everything. You know, it's completely, you know, they try to cheat the whole match, all of them pretty much. And and then they get on at the ref for making a mistake when they've been trying to trick them the whole game. It's it's ludicrous. So, yeah, absolutely. It starts, but it's, yeah, it's all the way through the game. It's, it's riddled with it. And yeah, it's not, it's not going to be easy for the refs. It's another example of, of inconsistencies, though, isn't it? Because there's Arteta stood outside his box the entire time and clops in the face, and but Jesse's sent off. So, and I don't know exactly what he said. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably deserving of it, but I don't think how he's behaved the last few weeks has really helped, has it? You know, like pointing at his watch and stuff, because it just opens him up straight away for a scenario where. He does go a bit overboard because he did. He like ran up to the linesman, didn't he? And he was out of his technical area for them to, you know, have the excuse to just send him to the stands. So we need Marsh to have a cool head. We really do. Like everyone who's kind of managing and trying to push the most out of all the players, they've got to get their heads together and just ignore and glide over all that stuff. One of the things that I did think about after this game that was a, a Bielsa thing, I think, was that. Last year, when we were score conceding silly goals from individual errors, I'm fairly sure he said, these are top professionals and it's hard to... You can't coach for individual errors because how do you work around... You work for standard scenarios. You, that These things are cropping up. And they're still cropping up. So he was... Do we have to lay the blame at the players? It's not necessarily within... The system was he right or was he wrong? Like, is it some way in both of their coaching that has meant? Because I think that's what Jesse said. Like that, that he felt sorry for the two centre halves because the counter pressing system leaves you more exposed to the higher risk of making the errors. I think it comes down to how good a defender is. Like we had it with Grayson when we got into the championship. You know, it was individual errors every game, and we were conceding loads of goals. And it's basically because the defenders weren't good enough. Um, so, you know, Cock can play really well all season and then, you know, throw a couple of clangers in there and, you know, Lorente does his. I think that's just what defines a defender. You know, Van Dijk doesn't make those mistakes. You know, they don't get their bodies in the wrong position. They, you know, they, they just have a bit more nous about them. Um, you know, they don't clatter into each other going for a long direct ball forward and, and let the guy straight through. It, it, I think, yeah, I just think that's, that's, that's what defending is and, and the best defenders make the least mistakes. So that just comes down again to this is where we're at now. Yeah. Where we're at now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, th- yeah, it, it is definitely that. It's like we as fans want us to be competing at the the very top, and we're on a journey, aren't we? And it's going to take a take a while to get there. And you know, there will be an attrition of players that aren't good enough for that next level. That's just the the way it goes. Uh, I think that's one of the things a lot of fans are upset about at the moment is that we've replaced the players in this. We've sold the players in the squad that were good enough for that level and replaced them with more, but then haven't necessarily moved on. 
some of the players that some people perceive to not be at that level. So we're actually standing still. That isn't moving forwards. And that may be where some of this discontent is starting to come, where you could see Manchester City have a net spend of minus 50 million, but they've added Haaland and Phillips and, and another. And our net spend of minus 10 million doesn't have the same kind of gravitas. If they're trying to stand still at being the top team in the league at minus 50 million, it's different to trying to stand still at being the least second least worst in terms of like just outside of the relegation zone, 16th, 17th, that kind of area. It's tough, isn't it? I mean, we've we've pretty much been treading water since the championship in terms of trying to upgrade the players. But in fact, you know, we're, we're barely even standing still. You know, we lost Pablo and, and we gained Rodrigo. We lost Ben White and we gained Lorente. Um, and, you know, you can go through the team. And they're not easy players to replace. The jury's definitely still out on on most of the players that we've signed, but, um, you know, from when we've, since we joined the Premier League. But yeah, you know, you look at Pontus, you know, he I think he'd walk into our team right now. I, you know, I'd have him in there ahead of Lorente Ancock, to be honest. I'll tell you what, I'm annoyed at myself because we need to do an MVP for this, but we just set up a beautiful segue into the Nottingham Forest game because they have, they've had, they've ripped the thing up, haven't they? They're a meme-tastic club. Did you see the one of the uh, triple-decker bus saying the Nottingham Forest <laughs> team coach arriving for the Bournemouth game? Yeah. Stuff like that. There's so much of it. So, yeah, that that is going to lead us nicely into talking about the Nottingham Forest game. But quickly, if we're saying that Sinistera is the, definitely the best player on the pitch. Um, is it, does anyone else get a, get a shout for MVP for yesterday? Nope, Not moving me. swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say Rocker, actually. I, I'd like, I think Rocker's been solid now for, for several games. And again, that's about replacing the quality with quality. And he's added a goal to it. So, well done, Rocker. I'll give it to Rocker then. So, moving on to Nottingham Forest fixture, which is uh, Monday Night Football. That's exciting. Oh, we haven't had um, them for a long time, have we? Have we actually? I did, that sounded sarcastic, but I don't think we have. When did we? Have we? No? Yes? No. no. So. so our head-to-head record with versus Nottingham Forest is 131, drawn 35 and lost 35. So they've got slightly the better of us. It was a team that we didn't beat under Bielsa. And that last game, which was on the 8th of February 2020, was kind of, was a bit of a season-defining moment. It was the uh, Luke Ayling moment at the end, wasn't it? Because... Again, another game where we played pretty well and ended up losing 2-0. I thought that none of their players from that team would still be there because they've chucked... You hear all the stories that the reason they've had to bring in all the players is because so many have gone. But there are still players um, from that starting eleven that are going to be playing against us. Is it 21 signings they've made? Yeah, but I think they lost 15 players. Does it include catering stuff as well? (laughs) It's um, it's a big turnover. It's a huge turnover. And I've seen a couple of... I, I watched their game against West Ham where they won, um, bef- where they probably had only made half the signings, to be fair, because they've, they've been going at a rate of not since then. I, I think Nottingham Forest have looked look pretty solid. It's been hard to... Even in the opening games where we thought we were, were doing pretty well, it's been hard to pick out teams... That, uh, it, it's still a tightly packed table. Nottingham Forest is second bottom now, having started pretty bi- brightly. But have, have you seen much of them this season? Either of you, what what do you make of Nottingham Forest on their return? I've seen nothing of them um, apart from highlights. I hate talking previous to a game because I, I know whatever I say is going to bite me. But like, I don't rate 
Lingard. I thought that was a bad signing, but they have made some good signings as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we can. I think we we need to win. We really need to win. We need to play well, and, and we need to beat them. I think it's even if we draw. I think that's gonna. Everyone's gonna be starting to get very jittery indeed. It does feel like they're a few. Like it feels like they've just signed a bunch of players, and they're in their pre-season now. So we've got. We've got a few weeks to catch them whilst they're on the rocks a bit. So, uh, yeah, I feel like this is a game where well, we definitely need some points on the board again. Uh, I think it'll do the world of good for everyone, fan base included. Yeah, it's it's difficult to know what Nottingham Forest will turn up. I watched the highlights from the, was it Bournemouth they lost to mm, in the weekend? Yeah. I never like playing teams after they've lost at home because they normally like come out, like shaken off all the angst of that and they go they come in sort of convinced of getting something out the next game and and forest just don't like us in general do they like there's always been something there and so that makes me a little bit nervous but i just think we've got to be well up for it and i think this is such a unique situation in nottingham forest getting promoted because they were absolutely terrible this time last year terrible winless cut adrift and then they've scraped it in in the playoff final and Remember, like the stories around our player final at uh, at Cardiff, where it was said that Ken Bates thought that we weren't equipped to go up. I don't know that we necessarily would have had the exodus or what whatever it was going to be, but actually, at the next season, we weren't really equipped to stay in the championship either. So, <laughs> not Nottingham Forest have maybe had to do what we were going to have to do then. A mass when we went up this time, when we went up. Um, it was after a couple of seasons of gradual progression with a certain squad, which meant that that first season back was a natural progression. And Nottingham Forest are having to try and do something now that Fulham have failed at doing in the past. Other clubs, like there's very few. The, this must be a record for the number of signings. Their fan base is obviously a huge, passionate fan base, big fan base again. We're very similar clubs in 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 many ways. I mean, they've got a few more trophies by some manager that I don't remember. If you go on their forum, it's like it mirrors our kind of fan base. So this is what they they've got a four-page thread on the Leeds game already. So they're they're already yeah. like it's Forest must win or get at least a point at Leeds. Are the natives beginning to get restless? If Forest lose, will there be another forum meltdown? Super Cooper's toughest test as Forest manager so far. Can he handle the pressure? Can Forest handle the pressure? Will we actually keep a clean sheet? Will Cooper forget about sentiment and pick the best team to win at Bell End Road? Let's smash dirty Leeds. That's what I say. And then we all hate Leeds, and, the, and then a load of vulgar, vulgarity. So uh, they are restless. They're not happy. They're not happy. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a big night under the floodlights. I've got a fact about the match coming up. It's gonna be played on the 48th anniversary of Brian Clough's sacking at Ellen Road. Oh god, what does that mean? I'll tell Probably, you what that means. I don't know. Means that there's gonna be a lot of chanting from both sides <laughs> about that particular man. Probably some stuff that's not very nice about minor strikes and people's decisions whether or not to join picket lines and other such things and uh i went to the city ground um under the uh thomas christensen era when we won and uh i saw uh alioski's lovely goal and uh debut for j roy grot and and those similar chants were sung then as well paul i went on my, i went on my 30th birthday i think we drew one all and i also went on the gary speed game and that was an emotional emotional one yeah, it, it does feel good to be playing Nottingham Forest again. 
if we win, it'll feel great. Yeah, we always try and sort of belittle them a little bit, don't we? Like, oh no, our rivals are Chelsea and Manchester United, but like Nottingham Forest were the ones that were around when we were kids, weren't they? So let's do them. It'd be nice. So on the uh, Forest game, you you've got this down for a two 0 win for Nottingham Forest, James. Well, before the season started, yeah, and uh, I can't remember my reasoning because I did it weeks ago, but sounds about right. <laughs> well, for the Brentford game, Rocco and I both had uh, a Brentford win. You had a draw, two-two, um, and you got R two bit right. Thank you. I'll take that. But, yeah, um, but you're feeling uh, before the season started, you thought this was going to be one of those uh, bogey nights. Oh, yeah, we had nothing to go on, did we? But I feel more confident now. I still don't know whether we'll win, but I don't think we'll lose. Rocco, do you think we'll win? Uh, yes, I think we'll win 3 1. Go on, I've, Rocco. I've thought that for weeks and weeks, and uh, I'm sticking with it. Do you hope uh, Sinistera summons his inner Dakara? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's keep this scoring run going. Yeah, wow, that was a, some goal, wasn't it? Bloody hell. That was brilliant. Because as, as, that was, I mean, hell of a strike. I said to Matthew, what's he doing outside the box? <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Yeah. I've tried to do that with several players since. It's only worked twice. Did you try it with Lasaga? No, but... Soggy. Someone else did, though, didn't they? <laughs> right, well, let's do... A, we need to have a very quick chat. I mean quick, because this has killed a lot of us this week. One in, one out has been confirmed. That's what Jesse said. We needed to send out a senior player to somewhere else so that we could bring in probably a marquee signing, but ended up uh, breaking glass in case of emergency and bringing in our uh, 18-year-old Italian wonder kid, who's a very polite young man. Mm, nice video, e- that. With excellent English. Where do you learn English so well? <laughs> School. You speak Get German? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think it's absolutely um, outrageous and I don't know what they're trying to peddle to us. Nothing makes sense and just really dragged the atmosphere of the club right down and makes you question everything, you know, from from the top, which is terrible. You know, just when trust was starting to be built a, a little bit again. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really annoying. And I don't, you know, I've never rated Dan James. I don't think he's good enough, but... To lose him and bring in uh, Nonto um, is, you know, it has surely weakened us. Well, after that uplifting little uh, segment, let's uh, let's play a game. Yeah. going to do uh, 10 questions you get you guys get to ask questions i can only answer yes or no uh, i've got a player in mind and you've got to try and get it within uh 10 questions brendan harrison no that's one wasted um is it a male footballer yeah do i keep going when i get a yes yeah let's do that ah, brilliant um uh did he play in the 90s yes is he a defender Yes. Is he a left back? Is he a left back? No. But I'm saying this with the dubious... I feel like like you'd know if it was a left back. He must be really... Wow. Has he he played for Nottingham Forest as well? 
No. He's managed them, though. Oh. Wow. Damn it. Look at I don't that. know why I'm slipping clues in. What the hell is it? It was only a caretaker stint, though, so that could have been a red herring of a clue. No, no, it's good. Caretaker of the team or caretaker of the ground? Definitely of the team, but... Um, That's not a question. He coached their reserve team to the Central League title in the 2007-8 season. Did he now? Yep. Wow. Ray Wallace? No. I forgot about Liam Bridcutt. He went to Forest for a while, didn't he? Mm. Oh, little Liam. I liked Bridcutt. I am stumped here. Oh, we should ask some questions, shouldn't we? Um... Yeah, ask the game. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't asked nationality. Is he Scandinavian? No. Uh, Is he English? Yeah. Is he was he a centre back? Yeah. Uh, Richard Jobson? Is he a uh, is he dark haired? Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not know? No, I do know, but it's it's like I love how that could swing it for you. <laughs> I'm going to just get a photo. Oh, that I can um, check his... I, I presume he's grey now. John Pemberton. Oh, correct. Is it Pembo? Yeah. It was? Yeah. Nice. Brilliant. Go on, Pembo. How yeah. long was he caretaker manager for? One game. <laughs> How did he do? Go on, Pembo. And he was replaced by Billy Davis. Ugh. Yeah. Job Pembo. done. Should have given it Pembo. Did you know that John Pemberton only, like, in following similar themes to another player that I did recently, he only played one game after he left me in oh, two years at Crew. Yeah, bless him, the little fifty-seven-year-old. Bless his little cotton socks. Did you know that he came through the academy at Manchester United? Ugh. I know. God, just, no, I didn't. It just shows you what, what a retirement ground Leeds was at that time. That like people came to the club and then just disappeared after that cheers totally so um, that's that wrapped up fancy football league how's that going uh, well we're doing absolutely dreadfully I, I think nice we are in our league we have dropped where were we last time we talked about top 20 we were right Rocco here's a fall from grace for you 120 <laughs> we are now 120th what of, yeah out of a total of 166, we are doing absolutely shite. That's... We probably should use some subs, shouldn't we? Who's top? Who's top four? Hey, James, I found a button, though. We can report offensive names, so we could probably whip a few out of the top half and uh, <laughs> climb some places. That's pretty good, actually. If we could... We could yeah. definitely get rid of this one. Strike my... Uh... <laughs> Let's just get rid of the... If we get rid of the top 100, we're top of the league. No, we're not. We'll still be 20th. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's, what, that's where we were last week. We tried to water. All right. Yeah, that's not going to work, is it? <laughs> Let's just be better. Come on. I, I we're believing ourselves. Think. I okay. can't some of these names. Okay, so number uh, top, top of the table, Stupid Sexy Jesse, uh, Jack B. Two, Sinistera Squad, Stephen Skelton. Three, AC Dead People, Ryan Catterall. And uh, I see four, dead people. No, 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 Rich Trenum. There we go. Cheers, guys. Well no, that's, that's, he's fifth. No, that's mashed potato on mine. 
Is it? My oh, fourth on mine it's just, yeah, is third, it's just... post, third post fappers. <laughs> yeah, that's I, on mine now. I don't know what that means. I don't even know if I can say that. I probably can't, but it'll be fine. Report them. Get them out. <laughs> Your days are numbered. In fact, I'm going to go through all of them, and if they've got a scum player in there, they're off. Oh, yeah, we forgot that. I got told off because we're not supposed to... Andy said we're not supposed to have Chelsea players in either. Is that true? Anyway, who have we got in from Chelsea? They're useless. No, we won't have. I mean... Ah, right. Yeah, Yeah, generally. They're useless. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so that's that's that bit of fun. We we definitely need to remember to talk about this every week because it brings a little bit of joy at the end of otherwise a a rather glum week. Uh, Rocco, what's your dad say your word is this week? God, I didn't ask him. Um, <laughs> have you got a word, James? No, because I always forget uh, this. How, how long? We, this is our fourth season, and I still forget. <laughs> um, I love it though because I can say it, and I know that you won't know every time, even though it's the same every week. I want to know. Um, my word is beaver. Our Nottingham Forest called Nottingham Forest because their manager looks like a beaver, and he'd like to. <laughs> gnaw away at their trees and build a dam build a defensive dam to stop Leeds United there you go wow how do I yeah. follow that uh, I don't know try ask your dad <laughs> um, maybe we just need to get the famous David Dean like what next week Rocco just get a voice note from your dad after the game and just say what's your word David that's no, not asking much this is, this is th- no this is a call get him on David, I know you're listening. You're the only one listening. <laughs> he could play us a song and then give us his word. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd be, yes, well up for that. Anyway, um, my word is belief. We should still have belief in them. Um, it's going to be a long season, long time to go. Um, it's It's all fine. Hashtag believe. So, Rocco, you're a believer. And ironically, you can spell beaver with believer. <laughs> so, you know, we're both, basically, it's all about beavers. I'm trying to change mine to something funny that fits in with that, but I'm not that quick. So uh, I'm just, got, I, I was going to go with shut because I think it's time that we shut out the other team. And this should be a really good opportunity to do that. Gosh darn transfer window is shut. And it's uh, time to shut this thing down as well because we've been going on a while. So uh, have a great week. You get an extended break this week because we uh, there were nine games, nine games, nine days. I think a lot of the players they needed a rest. That's why we took Jackie off at half time because he'd had three games in in a few days. Poor poor guy was tired. So yeah, try and chill. It'll be okay, and we'll see you at Ellen Road and after that game for next week. Thanks, guys. Podcast Network.